everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of the Ball and Chain podcast. I am your very happy host, Mark Thomas, uh, ecstatic about the latest Bucks win, which we are going to talk about with Jess Udi, uh, coming to you from Southern California, excited for tonight's pod. Uh, it was a rough first couple of games, but we are back on track. And uh, as always, we are excited to have Jess on the pod and welcome to the podcast coming from Tampa Bay or Tampa, I should say, uh, Jess Udi, how are you today? <laughs> Did you say Tampa? Yeah, that's what Bill Simmons no, always okay. says. Okay, yeah, there we go. I like it. <laughs> you hadn't heard that before? Yeah. You're a huge Tom Brady fan and you had not heard uh, Yeah, Tom yeah, Bay. somehow I had it. I had it. You're, you're the first. I appreciate it. No, you've got to be kidding <laughs> Oh my God. We've got one of the biggest Tom Brady fans ever as the guest on this pod. And that was the first time he had ever heard of Tom. So. <laughs> the, uh, the lightning just won the Stanley cup. So I've been, I've been calling it a uh, uh, Champa Bay. That's what I've been hearing a lot over here. Jesus. What is up <laughs> with that town? I don't understand it. It's Tampa Bay and they have won two Stanley cups, a super bowl and been to a world series in all in the span of about 12 months. Yeah, it's crazy, and they're about to get another uh, repeat in the Super Bowl. No, let's not go that far. <laughs> don't, don't, don't over exaggerate, Jess. Okay. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm just saying we, we can get to that one in a couple months, but I'm not, I'm not seeing anybody beat them. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, they're, they're very, they're very stacked. What the fuck? Oh, we got my ESPN going on in the background. Sorry for that sound there. Um, so wait, wait a second. So I got I to ask you a question. They are super stacked. Yeah. They have not lost anybody uh, in the offseason. They uh, have just kept pretty much every single piece in, 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 in place. And I mean, gosh, it feels like they have an easy schedule this year. I, I, I don't know. I mean, like, I almost feel like, yeah, they've got like the two or the one seed wrapped up for sure. I agree. Yeah, I don't. I honestly, near the end of last season, obviously, I mean, they won the Super Bowl, but it was like it took them, it took them, man, maybe even more than three fourths of the season to even start looking cohesive. Uh, right. To any degree. It was like, it was like a lot of games. It was just like there were there was a lot of talent there, but stuff just wasn't clicking. I know I know they were in danger of even making the playoffs at one point in the season, and it was like okay, they kind of turned it on. They they got in, uh, and then it was just like something something clicked, and it was especially on the defense. But Brady Brady got in sync with the receivers. Uh, the running game, especially with Leonard Fournette, started to just explode. And then the defense just turned into a juggernaut. They always had talent there, but the defense had been like the glaring weak spot. And it was like, it was like everything just clicked. And if they can click the same way, uh, having played together for a year now, it's like, I just don't see anybody that can really compete, to be honest. Right. I, I could be biased here. Sometimes, though, <clears throat> the team is not as hungry as it was the previous year. I think I think there's mental aspects of it that are that actually make it tough to repeat. Um, I, I mean, that's especially one of the reasons why I think we haven't seen a three-peat yet in the NFL ever is just that because so, football is so much mental and energy and just, you know, bringing up that fire in the belly juice every single game that 
when you sometimes don't bring that, it's really easy in football to have a letdown. I mean, really, of all the sports that there is out there, I believe football, it's the easiest to have a letdown. And usually I think I think the other reason for that is the playoffs are a one and done. Right. And it's like anybody can have an off game. You know what I mean? And that's I think that's the other reason why it's so hard to repeat, let alone three peat is just like if the NBA playoffs were the same way, like things would look a lot different as far as that goes as well. Yeah. I mean, one of the reasons why the NFL doesn't have a series in terms of the playoffs is just because it's too brutal, right? There's no way you could play more than one game um, for it. I mean, I I guess if if you said, Hey, would there, would you ever see a day where the Super Bowl was the best out of three, you know, in the next hundred years, I guess I wouldn't completely rule out, but I mean, it's just, it's just too brutal of a sport. I mean, you just cannot play. You know, yeah, there, there's already too many games. They it's almost as if they would have to shorten the regular season to right. maybe 12 games. And right, uh, yeah, so yeah, but you know, uh, by and large, though, you don't get too much, you get some luck in football, of course, from game to game, but it's not that bad. So, look, your team is stacked again this year. I actually think, assuming Rodgers comes back, which he's going to because he's not foregoing 37 million, um, assuming the assuming Rodgers comes back, I, I mean, they're stacked too. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like they're, I mean, they're not, they're not losing anything. Um, and so I don't think it would be that far fetched to say Packers bucks again, not the, not the Milwaukee bucks, not the good bucks, uh, Packers, Tampa Bay bucks, <laughs> Packers, Tampa Bay bucks, uh, in the NF, in the NFC championship game. What do you think about that? Uh, I agree with it. Um, uh, I'm racking my brain right now. I'm like the saints, the saints are obviously going to drop they're gonna off be way worse. Um, who who else? I mean, the is- Cow- the Cowboys still have Mike McCarthy. I guess the Redskins could take a step up if uh, yeah. Heineke, you know, is okay. which I don't think he will. I don't think Heineke's going to step up and no. be be that dude. Everyone uh, is everyone yeah, is picking everyone I, I, is I picking the non- Niners to have a bounce back season. I'm sorry, I just don't see it. who the hell do they have an offense? Nothing, nobody. I'm like you're t- you're. you're- you're kidding me. Like, what the hell? You yeah, have nobody the on Niners, offense. I don't think the Niners are going to be back. The Seahawks, the Seahawks are always a threat to be good. Yeah, they're always a threat to be a playoff team, but I don't think they're yeah. a Super Bowl threat. Their defense is not yeah. very good. Their offensive line is terrible. I mean, Russell Wilson will always keep you in in the hunt in the season uh, to make the playoffs, but it's not like, I, I don't know. I could see the, I could see the Cardinals stepping up. I could see them stepping up. Yeah, the Cardinals, the Cardinals actually could be a good team. Uh, yeah. especially that they're getting a year older, like they, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a sleeper right there. But I, I just, at, at least for this year with, uh, Brady and Rogers still performing the way they are, I think that's kind of inevitable this year. Totally. In fact, I, I would be shocked if it didn't happen outside of like uh, the obvious injuries. Yeah. And look, I would have to say this, not making excuses because there are none, but I want that game again at Lambeau with a full crowd. Because having nine or ten thousand fans is not the same as having eighty thousand. Um, but no, no, no guarantees that they're going to get that, you know, uh, home game again. I mean, they had to work their ass off for that one. That that for sure could be in Tampa Bay um, this season. Yeah, but anyways, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be tough to get that uh, when you're competing with sixteen and all too. Oh my God. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Are you seriously talking about that right now? Jesus Christ. Why are we talking about this after the yeah, you know, that, that's just one game? Three of the NBA finals. I was like, 
I came on here with no intention of discussing football here, especially <laughs> your Bucks just just took Game Three. Let's let's get on with it here. Okay, thank you. All right, I appreciate <laughs> it. All right, enough of that. So, Bucks win Game Three. Uh, look, I believe that there was almost no doubt that they were going to win this game and win it handily going into it. I thought Bucks minus four and a half or three and a half if you got in early was one of the locks of the season. Uh, Did you? Was, yeah, I was a little look. I was a little. I was a little put off at first. The crowd, in my opinion, was not as loud as it could have been. But I think once I got a few brewskis into them uh, and uh, <laughs> had, had a little uh, action uh, already flowing, I think then they in the second quarter amped it up uh, because in the first quarter it was it was just it was kind of bleh, you know, and I even tweeted about it. Uh, but I just I just believe like you know backs up against the wall Giannis is the ultimate champion I mean he hasn't won a championship yet but he's still a champion in a lot of ways and there's no way that he's going to let that happen at home uh all the role players obviously played a lot better at home which tends to happen at home Bucks have a good home crowd um I think the Suns have also shot out of their gourd uh from a difficulty and efficiency perspective and a shot selection perspective this game or this series, excuse me. And so I, I, I was, I, I would have been, I would have been absolutely floored if the Suns had come into Fiserv and won Game Three. Uh, what did you think heading into this game, and your thoughts afterwards? You know, I, I definitely thought the Bucks were going to win. I, I wasn't as sure as you were. I, I, I didn't have any money riding on it but uh like if i had to put money on i i would have definitely gone the bucks i there was a lot of hype on the suns it was like those first those first two games you're right the suns look good but it's yeah but like, the money was on the bucks i mean that's why i moved from three and a half to four and a half yeah yeah exactly but i mean i don't know i don't know the bucks the bucks are such a weird team to me uh because every time i think they're going to uh go dominate they don't <laughs> and every time you think they're gonna lay down and get crushed they go out and kill the other team yes exactly exactly in fact the bucks have probably been my worst betting team to, <laughs> yeah the past couple of years i pretty, i hate them you're actually probably right about that if you have been betting for or against the bucks this playoff season you are probably in the poorhouse right now because just when you think they're gonna zag they, they just when you think they're going to zig, they zag and vice versa. And, but here's, here's the one thing that has been pretty true. They have been very, very good at home. They've only lost one home game the entire playoff uh, season so far. And that was game one to Atlanta when I think they just kind of fell asleep at the wheel in the fourth quarter, thinking it was going to be a rollover. You know, uh, they were up whatever it was, eight, nine, 10 points going into the fourth quarter. Yeah. And just, you know, kind of uh, didn't rebound well and let the Hawks into that game. Other than that, I mean, they didn't lose a game at home to the Nets. They didn't lose a game at home to the Heat. And so they are just a very, very good home team. And they're kind of on the cusp uh, Hall of Famers, such as Chris Milton. I think Chris Milton will eventually make the Hall of Fame because, of course, they, you know, well, many people made the Hall of Fame now. But, uh, you know, folks like him who are absolute bona fide all-stars but borderline Hall of Famers, they just are lights out at home. Uh, the role players are much, much better at home. And Giannis is still obviously Giannis at home as well, too. And yeah. I think the while well, the, uh, the Bucks do not have the loudest arena, it's definitely kind of top four to six, somewhere in that ballpark. It's enough to rattle the, the visiting team to the point where, you know, they 
absolutely don't shoot with the same efficiency that they do when they're at home. And so I think when you just combine all those factors, the Bucks are just a much better home team than road team right now. Yeah, that, that is definitely true. Uh, they looked really good tonight. Like you're, you're right. We had, we had holiday stepping up finally. Uh, but at the same time, it's like, I, I don't know. I'm still, I'm, I'm not that big of a believer in the Suns team yet. I guess if they win it, they win it, but I still think the bucks are going to win. And I, I kept saying, I told you, I told you I was most worried about the Clippers uh, for my jazz. I, which obviously in hindsight, that was, that was a good thing to be worried about. But I still kept saying, I think the Jazz could beat the Suns team. Uh, and Because, yeah. I mean, a lot of it's about matchups. And uh, honestly, with the way the Bucks play defense, I think if they win game four, yes, they're going to go back to Phoenix and there's going to be some huge pressure. And I think that defensive intensity that they play with is ultimately going to win them the series. Yeah, and I think a couple of things. One is I don't think the Suns have had a really difficult road environment to play in so far. I mean, when they played at Staples against the Lakers, the L.A. County still had not opened up everything, and they were still only at whatever 25% capacity or whatever it was. And then the second series against the Nuggets, I think it was still maybe half capacity. And then up until game six against the Clippers, they had only uh, – again, same thing. I mean, it was only – Uh, half capacity at Staples except for game six which is finally a a full capacity crowd and so I don't I just don't think they've had to play a tough road game and I thought I I think also they probably just figured in Milwaukee we can just go in there you know and win it's not that tough of an environment when it's actually a very difficult road environment uh, for opposing uh, opposing teams and they've uh, had uh, full crowds since I believe it was uh, game two of the first round and so I think the one thing that might be going through the Suns' mind is this is going to be a tough place to win a road game. If the Bucks win game four, the pressure is on the Suns, not just because, well, you know, they don't want to you know, lose a game because, of course, that's always pressure, but just because they're like, shit, we probably can't win game six. So we have to get one of these other two road games. And the Bucks conversely, can think, well, how are, how are they going to beat us at home? We are just that good at home. All we have to do is steal one of the last two on the road. So it's kind of the opposite mentality. And so yeah. while, while they can't play chill or just relax, I think they can be a little bit more, hey, we've got this mentality. If they can just make a few more threes on the road like they made tonight. I mean, that's also really important. Um, and obviously keep doing what they're doing offensively in the paint because that's the part that the Suns just flat out can't, can't stop. Yeah. For sure. So coming from uh, coming from a biased perspective, it sounds like you think the Bucks are going to win. No, I, I well, I think they're going to win Game Four. But in terms of winning the series, the series, yeah, yeah, I think the problem. Okay, um, I think it's a 50-50 toss-up. I think if they win, um, I think they win in seven. I think they're clearly, clearly more dominant down low uh, and in the paint with Giannis when they play Lopez. Uh, even with Portis uh, too. And then just, just the guards driving to the hoop as well. I think a couple of, I think a few things actually uh, in terms of why it won't be just that easy. I think they've still got a you know very tough road ahead of them. One, let's be real. The refs definitely give the home crowd 
a lot of home cooking when it comes to calls. And, you know, clearly the Bucks were, I think, a beneficiary. Some of those, and that's not why they won. They won by 20. But uh, just in general, like getting some calls on the road is not going to be easy. Uh, so that's one thing going up against them. I think, too, that the Suns just, I mean, they, the, the role players especially, or even just some of their kind of, uh, you know, fourth and fifth starters, I think just shoot the three ball a lot better uh, at home. Devin Booker clearly plays a lot better at home uh, than on the yeah, road. Yeah, Booker was bad tonight. Yeah, he was bad. Um, and then the third thing is, conversely, I don't think we shoot the three ball or just kind of play with that same confidence. I think the Bucks play a little bit nervous um, on offense uh, on the road, and it's why they haven't played as well. But here's the part that I do think gives me some hope. Maybe I would even say 52-48 we can win the series. Is the Bucks don't give up. They never have. Um, I mean, look at obviously game five of the series against the Nets, game seven of the series against the Nets, clearly. And they leave it all on the floor every single time. They don't fold. They are a very, very tough out. They're very, they, they can play bully ball. They, they tire the opponent. Um, they, you know, maybe not like the, you know, late 90s or late 80s Pistons or anything, but they, they certainly, you know, make you work for a lot of your scores when, when, when they're playing well. Now I think in game one, not so much against the Suns, but in game two, they did. And look, who knows? I mean, look, who knows how much that'll wear Booker and Paul and Aiton and uh, uh, you know, Payne and so forth uh, during, you know, games five, six, and seven, you know, that might start to reap benefits. Maybe it's not as much in game one or game two, but I think kind of wearing them out earlier in these game in the series, may start to pay dividends later on down the road. So I don't, I, it's one of the things I just gave the case for, or case against and for, of why it will not be easy, but why I think they can pull it out. Look, I think the series is just flat out a toss-up. Uh, and it, it, look, knock on wood, I hope the home team doesn't win every game, because I mean, that would mean the Bucks would lose. But if yeah. I was to put my objective hat on, it wouldn't be the most surprising thing in the world if I just literally saw every, every uh, the home team win every single game. Um, and hopefully the Bucks can steal one of those two in game five or game seven. I think they will. I think it's looking good. But why? I mean, I mean, look, look, now I'll play my own devil's advocate. Like, we obviously, you know, I, look, we, we played great tonight. And actually, uh, if you look at kind of some of the more in-depth stats from game two, throw game one out of the window, the Suns outplayed the Bucks. But if you look at game two, the uh, the uh, shots based on the shot selection only, you know, there are a lot of stats being thrown out on Twitter and social media that, uh, for example, NBA shot selection on Twitter said that uh, the Bucks would have won game two 88 percent of the time based on the shot selection that both teams took just because essentially, theoretically, the Suns just flat out got lucky. Uh, in game two, making some of those really tough shots. Now, you know, I talked to one of my friends. From- yeah, and I mean, I mean, lucky, you know what I mean? But I, I mean, at the same time, it's like, it's like sometimes shots fall, sometimes they don't. It's it's like odds. It's like they made the shots, so it's not necessarily like the word lucky. But well, yeah, I was going to say that. I, I, don't, I don't think they win a seven-game series doing it. Right. So my, uh, you know, uh, one of my old college roommates, one of the things he said is, well, yeah, exactly. We just said it's not lucky. That's one of the reasons why they're elite. The Suns are elite and they have elite shooters is that they 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 make those shots. <laughs> but, yeah, you, you know, that's why I was kind of saying is like, let's get them on our home court. And I don't think they start making those shots. And I think they start getting a little bit rattled. I think they start getting a little bit nervous. And those shots that start falling at home. Uh, I mean, I can't remember how many times the freaking Suns shot 
had shots where it hit the rim like four or five times hit the backboard and went in. I'm like, you know, maybe those don't start falling on the road. Um, they don't start falling by games five, game six, by game seven. My takeaway is this. I think the Suns do have very elite jump shooters. Clearly, Chris Paul is amazing at the mid-range game. Uh, Devin Booker is elite from three. Uh, Jay Crowder is hot and cold, but, you know, thankfully he had a hot game today when they lost by 20. Hopefully he goes cold <laughs> in a game that's closer when they need, when the Bucks need yeah. to go cold. But in general, they're pretty elite from three. And I, I would say the Suns have a good home court. I mean, their fans are their fans are loud. So I it will not in any way, shape, or form be an easy task for the Bucks to go in and win a game in Phoenix. But here's the big but. If they do, I don't think they lose a game at home. I think they I think the Bucks win every game at home. And so they just have to find a way, any way, to seal game five or game seven. I'm excited. Yeah, it, it's been a fun series. I think it's going to be a really, really I, – I, I see it going seven. I think the Suns can bounce back in game five, but I really yeah. think the Bucs can win that game seven. So, but why do you say that? Look, obviously they won game seven in, in New Jersey – or in uh, Brooklyn. Uh, they beat the Nets in game seven. Uh, they had to have the toe on the line from Durant, but don't get me wrong. They deserve to win that game. They actually, I think, played better than the Nets uh, than in that game. But it's so hard to win a game seven on the road. I mean, maybe you could say the home team is a little bit nervous, too. I mean, you know, there's probably some nerves on both sides, um, you know, to win game seven uh, because, you know, it's for everything. It's for all the marbles. But I just I wouldn't just say, oh, yeah, the Bucks are going to go and win game seven. I would really love to see them win game five because I do not. Game think- five would be huge. Game six close out in Milwaukee. I'm going to that game, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if I go to the game where they freaking win the title? I mean, that would be absurd. That would probably be one of the best nights of your life right there. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So, yeah. So I, I guess the question is, is looking at what the Bucks did tonight to, to win this game, what do they need to do to keep this momentum? Let's forget game. I'm not going to forget game four, but let's say game four, they're able to kind of do the same thing. What do they need to take on the road to Phoenix to be able to win? Let's say win game five there. Game seven, we'll talk about that in a second. But what do they need to do to win a game five if they're able to do the same thing in game four that they did in game three? Because it can't just be the same thing, which is, you know, rely on, I, I don't think they relied on, uh, you know, follow calls or anything like that. But I don't think you can just rely on like the home court and the crowd and all the momentum, you know, maybe more based on what happened in games one and two that did you, that you saw that they could make a few tweaks to win a road game in game five. Honestly, it's, uh, it's the role players. Like holiday and Middleton have to play better. Yeah, well, Middleton and Holiday aren't even role players, but they're just I, – I, I, I mean, well, I mean, yes, I agree with that. They're, they're essentially like a three-headed monster as if, as if you were talking the Brooklyn Nets, but at the same time, Giannis, well, yeah, Giannis is so far above the other two to yes. the point where it's like you can, almost, you can almost call them role players in that sense. Uh, and the way they've been performing lately, I mean, <laughs> I, mean I'm, I don't feel bad about calling them role players right now. Because even even <laughs> that's tonight, so mean. <laughs> it is what it is. Like I've been waiting for Middleton to just kind of, 
uh, like take over, especially in those second halves when he usually does. And he just hasn't been. And I know like, I, I think he played 40, 40 something minutes tonight, but he still only had 18 points. He didn't shoot that well. I think he was what 40 something percent. Holiday played great, but Middleton played great. has yeah, Middleton has yet to show up in the in the finals. And so I think that is going to be the difference. Is like when you're talking those two games in Phoenix, like the Suns had great games. And I feel like the Bucks, outside of Giannis in game two, like who who played well other than him? Like Middleton and Holiday were both, uh, I who knows what they were doing, but at the same time, it's like tonight. I think they started to gain some confidence, and if they can keep that and uh, win Game Four, if they can take that into Game Five, and Holiday and Middleton can show up in the same game, I don't see how the Suns beat them. Yeah. Okay. Yes, I 100% agree with you. If Middleton and Holiday show up. Uh, in the same game, and Giannis pours in 40 points, I think that's very obvious. I think it's very clear that if both Holiday and Middleton combine for, let's call it 45-ish to 50 points, it's it's in, it's in the bag, right? I mean, it would be very, very hard to beat the Bucs because at that point, then you're talking about only another 20 to 25 points from everybody else combined. But yeah. I would say this. Let's say you only get a great game or good game from one of the two which is kind of, I think, the pattern. You get a good game from one of the two, and the other one maybe is just subpar. Uh, in the case of game two, they both stunk it up. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, and that can't happen. See, that's what I'm saying. Even one of them, though, even like, like if you look at game two as a whole, if one of them would have broke out, game two could have been completely different. But guess what? Neither of them did, and they ended up losing. So it's like, it's like at least one of them has to show up. My, my question to you, who's more important? Yeah, I think absolutely 100% that Middleton's more important. And even though Holiday had a better game tonight, um, the reason why is is that Holiday can still contribute a lot by playing amazing defense. Um, and yeah. uh, just by kind of being a thorn in the side on Booker or uh, Paul or whomever he's guarding at the point at that at, at that spot. I think that Middleton is the true scorer of the two. And he needs to – I mean, he's in there for shooting. I mean, that's what he is in there for. Um, now he's, he's, he's good defensively. I'm not saying he's not, but he's in there for his shooting. If you're in there for your shooting, you need to be a good shooter. It's, I mean, on the same kind of end of the spectrum, you look at Bryn Forbes, he is in there solely for four to six minutes a game to shoot the three ball. And if you can't make a three ball in that role, you're useless. Now, Middleton obviously plays way more than that, and he actually has a lot of other skills. He's great at dip, dribbling and driving. He's great at pick and roll. He's very, very solid defensively. He's a starter. I mean, he's a bona fide starter, all-star, all-star player. Yeah. But, but from yeah. an offensive standpoint, you are he's in there for his shooting. And if if that isn't working, then that, in my opinion, is basically like, you know, one of your key, key, key pieces is not delivering. Whereas Holiday, he's he's in there for really, really, really amazing defense. I mean, absolutely a top two or three defensive guard in the league. Um, and, you know, obviously he's the point guard, so he's, you know, he's out there distributing the ball to some degree too. But Van Gundy said it tonight. He's like, I like it when Middleton's the one starting the offense. I agree with that 100%. I think Middleton, as much as I, I don't want to say, I hate to say it, but as much as I, you know, can't believe I'm saying this, I think he is much more of a, a, a point guard, a, a true scoring point guard. You know, what you want in this league nowadays 
Where Holiday is, I think he's way better off the ball. I do not like when Holiday's bringing up the ball. I do not like when Holiday's starting initiating the offense. I think it gets stagnant. I think it gets stale. And I think with Middleton, you've got the, the, the defense doesn't know what's coming. Is he going to just, if you play off him, is he going to stop and pop for three? Is he going to play pick and roll? Is he going to pick and roll with uh, Giannis? You know, he can easily, I mean, he's really a great finisher on the rim. So is he going to drive and, and go for layup or kick it out for three to, you know, Lopez or, uh, Tucker or uh, Connaughton or whatever, um, or he could stop. I mean, his, his money from you know the the free throw line jump shot, um, and obviously can make plenty of fadeaways and stuff too. I think he should be the initiator of the offense. I think him playing almost a basically point guard and having uh, Holiday play kind of a quasi you know uh, two slash um, you know in between a one and a two type of thing, um, but not him handling the ball. Uh, I think I think that's really the winning formula from an offensive standpoint. And and I don't know why. I don't know. This is Bud, but this has got to stop. Why Lopez didn't play for whatever it was the second half of the six of the second half of the first quarter and the first half, the first few minutes of the second quarter, you put him back in and they just they couldn't stop him down low. Lopez plus Giannis, they need they need to keep feeding Lopez. They need to keep, you know, obviously, you know, Giannis keeps doing what he's doing. Um, but I, you know, playing small ball ain't wrong. Missing the point does not work. I talked about this in the pod on, uh, after game one with Allie, like, I do not believe like trying to go small is, is, is going to work. Um, I think playing Giannis at the center at the five spot is correct. Uh, playing, playing Lopez at the four is correct as, is correct as well. Um, and playing bully ball can't stop them down low. And uh, Middleton initiating the offense. And I actually, I believe if they do that, I believe if they do that on the road, I definitely believe they do that at home. But if they do that on the road, I, I don't believe the Suns can beat us. I agree. I agree 100%. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I've got, uh, I've got a lot of uh, confidence in the Bucks right now. So, well, that's more know. than I have. Well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I really do. Like, like, I've actually believed in this team for a while. Like, you look at them, and it's just like, I don't I think they're better than the Suns. The home court it could be the deciding factor, and that's that's really what it comes down to. But I don't see Middleton and Holiday uh, playing as bad as they did both at the same time in another game in the finals. Mm. So, I think – um, I'm not sure I would go that far because it can be well, sometimes. So, and we're, we're talking Hall of Famer here. Why is Middleton so inconsistent? He is the most inconsistent, quote unquote, Hall of Famer. Totally. Well, that's and what you just said. You almost contradicted. You're not you didn't totally because Holiday could have a good game. But that's that is the problem with Middleton. The inconsistency is unbelievable. And I, look, I think that that comes a little bit when you're just mostly focused on shooting the ball i would act i would actually like to see him go all the way to the hoop a little bit more because i look he, he's he's obviously very good when he stops from you know 10 12 feet away i'm not saying he's not obviously chris paul's chris paul never goes to the hoop uh, or very rarely does so i'm not saying you can't be amazing but chris paul's such a great you know assist machine and point guard that he doesn't have to uh drive all the way to the hoop but I actually think that might be a little bit of it. I think sometimes Middleton foregoes the easy bucket and takes tougher shots than he needs to. And certainly he can make them. But he a little bit, a little bit reminds me of Ray Allen back when he was at the Bucs. Now, Ray Allen eventually morphed into, you know, 
even better shooter uh, when for some reason they trade him, which we won't talk about. But I think Ray Allen, when he was with the Bucks in the 2000-2001 season, um, was a very just jump shoot heavy team. And same thing for Glenn Robinson and a little bit the same thing with Sam Cassell. And it was just <clears throat> this, uh, you know, if we make these shots, we're amazing. And if we don't, we look terrible. And sometimes that's Middleton's game. And so, and he's just a good enough finisher around the hoop. There's no reason for him to sometimes settle for these kind of crazy fall away 19 footers that I just don't understand. You know, I, I don't really understand why he's shooting that. And then when they go in, they look, it looks amazing. But when he does, when they don't go in, you know, it looks, it looks just like bad offense. And so, and you've got Giannis and you've got, you know, all these really, I think really good passing you know, pieces to the offense and, and, and other good shooters, there's no reason to take some. So I, I think, you know, you know, long story short, basically is Middleton doesn't always take great shots and he's good enough where he can get away with it. Most of the time, I would say 65% of the time, but those one out of every three games where he doesn't, Oh boy, does he look bad? You know? So that's, I think a lot of what it comes down to. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that, but man, it it's, gotta be frustrating <laughs> for a Bucks fan yeah to, it, to see that especially come playoff time yeah it is like it's like come on you know that you've got all these other pieces around you that are top of the line why can't you you know look for a better shot than a fadeaway baseline you know footer with you know a hand in your face like I just don't like you know I'm not saying you can't make it I mean I'm not saying you can't hit that maybe even 50 percent of the time but is that really the best shot? I just, that's, you know, and if, look, if, if you're hot, you're hot and fine, go keep shooting it. Then that's different. But when you're not, or you're struggling, I would like when Middleton is struggling to just see him put his head down and drive to the hoop. He is good enough to finish. He's good enough to dish out uh, to somebody else. If he's, you know, uh, you know, got a, got a, a defender right in front of him. Get, get, just, you know, just, just, just drive to the hoop more is I think the bottom line. I think for holiday, like I said a minute ago, I just don't want him. I don't want him starting off at the ball. I think, I think if he's in the middle of the offense, getting the ball and possibly shooting, just catch and shoot. Or if he's, you know, in the middle of a pass sequence, I, I, I think he's. I think he's fine. Good offensively. I think he's, and he's obviously amazing defensively. I just don't think he can initiate offense. It just gets too stagnant. It seems like. So yeah. Yeah, so let's 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 switch gears a little bit to the Suns because you know no matter how good the Bucks play, I mean if the Suns play well, like that's obviously going to present a problem. So why do you think it is that Devin Booker had such a poor poor game? What ten points, three of fourteen shooting, uh, whatever it was, uh, just a bad game offensively. Uh, what do you think is the reason that Booker had such had such a bad game? Um. I don't know. He's had he's had a few of those this playoffs. I know that I know the first game that he was wearing that mask. Uh, he had a bad game. Obviously, he took that off. But it was like uh, I don't know. He shot. Uh, I'm looking at the uh, box score right now. He took 14 shots. He went yeah, three, three of 14. Three of 14. One of seven from three. I. Uh, I mean. I don't know. I don't know because. I don't know if it's just because he's a jump shooter, he gets streaky. What are your thoughts on that one? Yeah, my take is, is that, well, there's probably a little bit of that. My take is what I said earlier on, which is I think this road game and the crowd at Fiserv 
caught the Suns by surprise because this is really only the second game they've played in front of fans. And I don't really believe the Clippers are that loud or rambunctious or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. so, I mean, I mean, really for all intents and purposes, oh, I'm sorry, game four, they had in front of a full crowd too. So this is a third game they've had in front of a full crowd. And they struggled in that game four against the Clippers, um, you know, as, as well too. So I just, I just think that there's, shooting the ball, I should say. Uh, they did win that game. But I do think that there are just some issues for players with less experience going on the road in a tough environment for obviously an NBA Finals game for, for a lot on the line and expecting the jump shot to just carry you. Um, and obviously he's done it quite well up to this point. But, you know, I mean, that stuff usually doesn't travel as well on the road. Um, it can, you know, for really experienced players, but you know, this is only his, whatever first playoff round, uh, first playoff uh, season. Um, and, and so I think, well, second actually, uh, within the bubble, the first really where he has had to go in the road. And so I mm-hmm. think when you, when you look at that, I think, I think that that was it. Then also you throw in the fact that really Chris Paul had a pretty good, uh, first half, especially first quarter or so. Um, and then when the Bucks went on that 16-0 run uh, at the end of the first half, I mean, uh, that, I mean that was just, uh, you know, that was lights out at that point. I mean, I was just like, I don't, you know, they went from up uh, uh, six to up 22, I think it was. You're uh, talking about at the end of the third quarter, right? End of the third quarter, excuse me, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, he just, I mean, there was just, I don't know, I just don't think there was any chance he was going to be able to, um, you know, keep up with that when he was really being looked at as the main scoring option. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's crazy. But uh, no, I was hyped. I'm just glad this is a series. If the Suns would have won tonight, <laughs> not only would we probably have not had a podcast, but <laughs> oh, I still would have done with you. So for our audience, I <laughs> hey, hey, flaked for, for on... everybody listening. Mark, uh, Mark canceled uh, on me three days ago uh, <laughs> after game two. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's understandable. Uh, you know, that was a that was a that was a tough that was a tough game, and it was late at night, and I had a lot of work to do on a on a on a Thursday, and uh, you know, it was uh, it was that was that was frustrating. And I I did a hang on a second though. I did a podcast after game one with Allie, so I did a podcast after game one with Allie. It's not like I only do podcasts after the Bucks win. I'm not one, <laughs> I'm not one of those people. Um, but I had had a long day and they had a tough loss and I was ready for some home cooking and I knew they would win game three. So I was like, let's just see the podcast after game three. I think that's better for all of us. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, hey, hey, I'll make sense. I'm not, I'm not judging by any means. I'm just glad we got to make it happen tonight. Yeah. And so I am definitely, if they win game four on Wednesday, uh, I am booking my flight. Uh, and purchasing my ticket to game six to go back to Milwaukee. Cause obviously if they can win, win game four, that'll guarantee a game six. Um, and I would basically, I'll stick in Wisconsin basically for game six and game seven. So if they win game six, if they lose game five, win game six, I'll stay for game seven. If they win game five somehow and lose six, I'll still stay for seven. If they win game five and win game six, party time baby <laughs> <laughs> if they lose game five and then win game six 
then I'm expecting you as a Bucks fan to uh, go take a seat over there in Phoenix. No, no. So I'm going to stay in Milwaukee. I'll tell you why. Because I would rather be in Milwaukee if they win the championship than be in Phoenix. Because if I'm in Phoenix when they win the championship, then it's just me and maybe one other person with me or something like that. If it's and if they don't win, then I got to be around a bunch of cheery, jubilant people that I don't want to be around. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I was hoping you were gonna go uh, duke it out with the Suns and Four guy. <laughs> no, I might start Twitter fights, but I will not start in person fights. I'm not that crazy. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no, I know my tra- I know my trash talking limits. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 It's not, no. I, by the way, I love Scottsdale. It's a beautiful city. Uh, Arizona, I love the weather there. Uh, it's a lot of fun, but this is business and this is sports and there is no love loss at all. Uh, so at least for the rest of the summer, my only goal is to rip their hearts out. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, um, I, I'm just glad that uh, Suns and Four Guy meme ended tonight. Yeah, I saw, uh, what was it, uh, was it Bleacher Report or uh, one of the other, uh, one of the other content uh, uh, personalities on Twitter, they tweeted out and they crossed out the Suns in four uh, and said, well, we can put this one to rest. And uh, <laughs> that's not happening anymore, thank goodness. And I, honestly, <laughs> I, I really just, I just don't think the Bucks lose a game at home. I mean, not saying it can't happen. I'm just saying the odds of it, I would just be really, really surprised. I, let me put it to you this way. The reason why I believe this is a 50-50 series or maybe even 52-48 bucks is because they have a chance to win in Phoenix, whereas I do not believe the Suns have a chance to win in Milwaukee. And the Suns don't have to win in Milwaukee to win the series, but I think there's a, I don't know, we'll call it a close to 50% chance that the Bucks can win one of the two games, either five or seven in Phoenix, whereas I just don't see the, I don't see the Suns winning a game in Milwaukee. Yeah, I can get behind that. I love it. That's so. why you're my. That's why you're my friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yes, but you know what? No matter what happens, you always have Tampa Bay. <laughs> Tampa Bay, baby. Tampa Bay. Hey, I, I, I know we don't got a ton of time left, but uh, did you, uh, did you watch the fights last night? No, I'm not. I'm not a UFC MMA guy. I'm just not. Like that's, you need to be, Mark. Why? Why? Tell me why. What is so compelling? So, my hang on before you answer that question. One of my problems with uh, any kind of fighting sports is just I'm not 100 percent sold on not the authenticity of it, but just you know, I mean, a lot of the rules are just kind of like very random. It feels like like the weight classes and you know what you have to do and just the whole setup of it just feels a little. Just, I don't know. It just feels disorganized to me. So tell me why do I need to watch? Well, hold fighting? on. What, what do you elaborate there? What do you mean disorganized? I don't get it. Um, so look, I mean, the NBA comes out every season and here's the schedule. Here's what all 30 teams are playing in or the NFL. Here's all, here's the schedule for, for all 32 teams. Here's the rosters. Here's the way it works. Here's the salary cap. Um, you know, here's the rules, you know, uh, you know, you, everything is just very, very, very cleanly organized in terms of just everything. Now you obviously get some drama in the games and that's good, but I just feel like, I mean, each fight is just kind of randomly organized. Um, It's not clear. Like, I mean, 
you know, I mean, I'm assuming with all the weight classes, like, you know, I don't know, Conor McGregor can never fight like George Foreman, you know, right. And obviously George Foreman's too too old, but I mean, I I just, (laughs) and he's also, he's also not a boxer, Mark. I know, but that's, but so anyway, so, but UFC isn't there, aren't, isn't some boxing allowed? Well, well, yeah, punching. Yeah. Okay. So you, you know nothing about UFC. No, I don't follow it at all. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I, for some reason, I just assumed that you knew like what, what the sport was. I follow tennis. Isn't that pretty close? <laughs> <laughs> so you have never watched a uh, UFC card. I've caught life. it in bits and pieces when it's been on the bar TV, like on a Friday or Saturday night out, you know, type of thing. Um, but I've never sat down to watch a fight ever, ever, ever. In my okay. Life. But tell, okay. Tell uh, me, so what, we were, are, what we am I talking- missing in why should our audience watch? You're, 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 you're missing a lot, actually. You're missing okay. a lot. Uh, Tell us. So, Tell us. Uh, I mean, when you're talking authenticity, I think that's more of like a boxing thing. And I think that's legit in boxing. Uh, and boxing gets a bad rap. And like, obviously, all of it's not, not rigged. But uh, boxing, yeah, boxing has got a bad name over the years. Also, boxing is a little bit worse as far as like matchups and matchmaking. Uh, the UFC is different though. Like when you're talking about MMA in general, it's like there, there hasn't been a whole ton of instances of anybody even considering anything being rigged. And I think a lot of that is because the more popular guys, the, the more money guys lose a lot. So it's like, I don't know. Like we had Conor McGregor fight last night. You probably right. at least knew that, right? Of course. Okay. Yeah. So he got, pretty much dominated in the first round almost finished turns out like he his he ended up snapping his ankle in half at the end at the end of the round like I, did you see that no so i think my that might be my second issue is some of the ufc stuff's a little too gruesome for me um okay. I, 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 get, I, I, I get i get the appeal I of that. See that well well no 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 i don't even think that's the appeal that's not the appeal like i don't think any big fan of MMA is watching these fights, hoping that they see something gruesome. It's that, in fact, like most people don't want that because the fact that the fight ended last night with a broken ankle, not only sucks for the fighter and you don't want to see people getting injured, uh, but it also ruined the fight. Like the fight was badass up until that point. Like it was a great fight. And uh, obviously it's two of the highest level dudes at their sport. So it was super technical a uh, lot of like emotion in right. it and then it it's like it ends on a anticlimactic uh note where conor mcgregor ends up snapping his leg on it, like kind of a micro fracture it's like he stepped back on his foot and his leg just broke oh god yeah it, it, it was crazy but Ooh. it was like like that that's not why people watch it it's like I mean, it's two guys and it's it, like, that's, that's why I'm kind of glad you said that. So you, you want the why I don't think anybody watches MMA these days outside of like, just your casual, like, Oh, I'm going to pay for like pay-per-view the mm-hmm. people that actually enjoy MMA and follow it. It's like these guys have become the best at their respective art. And it's mm-hmm. like, it really is like an art form uh with most of these guys and like as far as the divisions it is very organized and like who's up next is typically i'll say i'll say typically because the matchmaking is the only uh uh, issue with it i i would say but uh as far as that it's like 
it's like it's a very strategic sport and uh very like uh like matchup heavy and it's like i i don't know i don't know but the guys the guys that are good are levels above uh the guys who aren't and we kind of saw that saw that yesterday uh, there's a guy named sean o'malley who's really big yeah his opponent got injured they called up a guy from a uh uh, I guess you could call it just to put it into reference, kind of like a, a minor league uh, uh, promotion and uh, just absolutely got annihilated. And it, it's like, it's like these guys who, who are getting to the professional level. It's like, it really is like a, like an art to watch. It's like, I don't know. It's, it's kind of like poetic and the drama in it is uh Right. is even higher i think than than some of the other sports and the fact that it is one-on-one uh, i i don't know and i also understand that that there's not a mass appeal because i think a lot of people look at it as uh as this like oh let's let's go see people get knocked out let's see people get their like legs broken and, right. and shit like that but it's like i think that that was all back in the early days where the ufc uh, had like your, your Chuck Liddell's and, and like all of like the, the early, uh, thing where people were fighting people in different weight classes. Now it's like, it's like the sport has evolved into a science and it literally is an ever evolving sport where, uh, you have like calf kicks are becoming the new meta of the sport, uh, where back three years ago, nobody ever thought it would be a good idea to kick somebody in the calf everyone was going for the thighs and now the calf kick has become like the most devastating uh move in the entire sport and it's like i i don't know it's it's, it's just kind of a crazy watching it evolve because it's turned into a science and it's turned into more of an art form rather than a like let's go watch people get in there and like murder each other so i think maybe the issue is, is the the moves okay. against people's faces and heads i think if i think if there wasn't punching maybe maybe if it was uh or punching to the face i should say um maybe any kicks to the face i think that's probably the issue i have because you know if it was all kicking and punching below the neck um then i think you really have to really work harder for it it just feels like it's just such a cheap shot if you will to just punch somebody in the face and boom they get knocked out okay well great i mean i'm not saying it's easy to punch somebody in the face i'm just saying like I don't know. I think that might be when I see people like bloodied and like, you know, teeth mangled or jaws broken and stuff like that. I think maybe that's, maybe that's where it is. Like I do agree with you. Mixed martial arts. Hello. The third word in that is art. <laughs> um, you yeah, know, it is, yeah. it is, it is, uh, it is an art form. And I actually, so I have to say like, even though I'm not in a pro wrestling uh, like WWE or anything like that, like I actually think that's a lot. Of, I mean, for them to be able to, perform those stunts basically it's stunt work it's 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 stunt work is what that is no like, yeah like, those guys are amazing for, for them to be able to perform those stunts and not get hurt it's absurd <laughs> i mean it's i mean that is like i mean for them to do a you know a body slam or to do all those other kinds of things and you know have it be fake but have it look so real and uh and, and not get hurt from it is 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 pretty incredible i mean i have to like tip my cap to those guys i'm like holy shit like that's that's some that's some pretty amazing shit that you're doing out there i think maybe i i guess yeah i think maybe if it was more just i how about this if it was even just as organized as say tennis where there were tournaments or there were some kind of 
where it was not just one-off fights. Maybe I could get into. I, I mean, I, at the same time, you can't do that because, like, it, it. We're talking about like like football being a hard sport to recover from. It's like anybody who's been in like a like a three round like right. fight as opposed to like a first I mean, you round can't get back out there the next day and do it again. Yeah, yeah. There's just no <laughs> way these guys can do that. Plus. It's like, and it makes sense. And a lot of times these guys are preparing for a single opponent in style. So they have like a uh, four to six week camp dedicated to like countering wrestling or countering Brazilian jiu-jitsu or countering a boxer or, or whatever it is. And so the tournament styles are good. Like, like Bellator, uh, who's another promotion, they actually do like tournament style stuff. Right. Like, obviously it's not like the next day and the next day and the next day, but they have kind of ongoing tournament styles where the turnaround time is shorter. Um, and it's kind of like a, like a last man standing tournament style, uh, type, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know the, the, uh, the defender like championship belt format that the UFC has is also, um, pretty appealing i'm gonna get you to watch the next fight i didn't even realize you always you always ask me to talk about the mma on here i didn't realize that you didn't even know how the sport worked i don't i mean we have betting on okay. it in our, we have betting on it in our app uh so i see yeah. like how I, I i see that the matches are happening and i know about them from a betting perspective because i see that and i i i mean i know that it's there um but i've never like actually sat down for an entire match like like, you know, because they obviously have several matches in a day, right? I mean, UFC doesn't have just a couple, um, but they have all the preliminaries and everything else. Uh, so I've never sat down and watched any of that stuff uh, at all. Um, and I guess I think part of it, too, maybe is I've always been, except for tennis. Tennis is the one exception. I've always been more of a team sport guy. Like, I just because, you know, I don't know. I've just always watched team sports, you know, growing up and everything like that that I've been always into team sports more than individual. I don't watch golf, for example. I'm not in the golf at all. Um, I don't know if there's any individual sports out there, I'm trying to think. But um, golf, tennis, MMA, I guess, you know, are probably the three. Um, I don't watch golf at all. So I guess maybe that's also and – and I don't watch tennis nearly as much as I used to as a kid. Like as a kid, I'd get up every morning, watch Wimbledon. Uh, watch Steffi Graf, watch Pete Sampras, watch Andre Agassi. Um, but I'd say even the last three years or so, I've been a little bit waning on the tennis side of things um, as well too, uh, because I think there's, they got some issues that they need to work out as well from an organization standpoint. But like, I mean, I'm like crazy, crazy gung-ho about NFL, NBA, MLB, and to some degree the NHL, um, whereas I'm way less into individual sports. So maybe that might be part of it too. So it's, it's, it's not you, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> no no i get it but i'm gonna i'm gonna change your mind one day okay. also also do you know do you know who greg hardy is oh yeah of course yeah i used to play for the cowboys yeah what and why, panthers why, why is he not why is he not playing for the cowboys anymore i don't know because didn't he have like some domestic issues and... <laughs> yeah yeah he, I, he like beat the shit out of his girlfriend and yeah, so they, he, he he went uh in he obviously got exited uh from yeah. the nfl and See? then the u the ufc let him in which also is like a uh uh like a point of debate by a lot of the fans where it's like right it, it's a bad look for the sport to let the guy in 
to fight. At the same time, it's like, I don't know. But at the same time, I've been waiting and waiting for this dude to get knocked out just for uh, karma purposes. Uh, he got knocked out last night. And so I can say I was pretty excited about so that. So you're one. saying that like <laughs> you're saying that like UFC gives a chance to maybe some unsavory characters uh, with, you know, a, an ability to root for them to a ability to root for them to get kind of the shit kicked out of them. I mean, as, I guess, I mean, if you're talking about promotion purposes from Dana White, absolutely. I think that's why he brings Greg, Greg Hardy in. Right. He knew right. that he's, he's a villain. This, he's this, a villain. Yeah, absolutely. Like freaking Reddit and Twitter was going off yesterday when he got knocked out. Like, Oh, this is for women everywhere. Blah, blah, blah. Right. Like Dana, Dana has been building that one up for, for years. I'm assuming. Right. Yeah. No, that. Okay. So I look, I, I get it. You, okay. Maybe what you're saying, and this actually kind of makes sense or is, is maybe kind of cool is that you get some opportunities in UFC to have some, uh, adversaries and some, uh, competitions, probably too light of a word, but some fights that you absolutely positively would not get any of the sports because they're they're obviously too buttoned up, right? They're or not too buttoned up, but they're there's they're so buttoned up that they would never allow someone like Greg Hardy to keep playing, which they shouldn't. I mean it's they made the right move to kick him out of the NFL. Yeah. 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 And I mean that's that's kind of the thing. And I, I see what you're getting at there. And I like I guess they have opened it up with him, but it's like I, I don't know because you still have villain and villains in other sports like most most of the the NFL world hated Tom Brady and the Patriots for years. Yeah, but Tom they, Brady they, never, never committed domestic abuse. Yeah. Out. Yeah. But <laughs> he's like a one-off because the, as far as I know, there's not other pe people in the freaking UFC uh, beating the shit out of their wives and girlfriends. Like Greg Hardy did while he was in the NFL. Should Greg Hardy be in the UFC? That's debatable, but that's just kind of a moment that happened last night. That was kind of like, like, he probably, okay, look, he probably shouldn't be allowed in the UFC. But by allowing him in there, especially if he's probably not good and probably has a high likelihood of getting the shit kicked out of him, then you almost have an opportunity for everyone to almost kind of get some retribution in their own minds about it. Um, yeah. And, and uh, well, look, I, I don't believe an eye for an eye, and that's a little debatable subject or whatever, but you probably don't have anybody crying the blues for him, right? You know, and so... You know, it's not like he went out there and played football and got paid $5 million for, you know, uh, I mean, playing defensive linemen for, you know, uh, 20 minutes in a game. Like, that's not that's not hard. I mean, it's hard, but it's not like, I mean, come on. But going out there in a UFC match, now you're really like, okay, dude, let's see what you're made of. You know, you're going to be like this to wives? Like, okay, like, you know, go out there and show yourself against somebody who can actually stand up for themselves, right? And so maybe there's some of that component that actually, you know, um, well, from a car, maybe from a karma perspective is, uh, you know, I don't think anyone's going to be crying the blues about it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that's, that's kind of, that's kind of where they've got some, I guess, flexibility, but at the same time, right. I'm going to pick a card for you, Mark. It, it's going to be a good one. I'm going to make sure that I know that there are going to be good fights on there that are going <laughs> to be like technical, that are going to be like technical, like good fights. And I'm going to make you watch it. All right. All right. Even, even if I have to buy you the pay-per-view, you're going <laughs> to sit down <laughs> and you're going to watch it. Hey, I mean, I'm, 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 I've got a very open mind and I love sports. So, you know, if there's something like really 
technically sound that is entertaining and I can appreciate the work that they've put into it to get to that point. And even if it's a little bit, I mean, I'm not completely opposed to, you know, uh, some, you know, kind of, you know, uh, you know, uh, I get, I don't say violence, but I'm not opposed to some, you know, kind of um, aggressiveness, you know, uh, within the octagon, because that's obviously the whole point of it. Uh, but I just, I just probably wouldn't go on my way to watch it. So okay. if it's, okay. if it's, if it's good and it's, there's some good technicality, techni- technical, you know, art to it, I could definitely, I could definitely get into it hundred percent. Okay. This is what we're going to do then. I, uh, I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick a card. I'm going to, I'm going to hype you up about each fight. So I'm going to give you some little like details about the fights, about the people you're going to watch it. And then we're going to have a podcast the next day called Mark's first UFC event. <laughs> Wait, am I going to have to commentate on that? Am I going to have to give an analysis on what I just saw? Yeah, I think that'll be kind of fun. Cause it'll be like <laughs> you trying to interpret like what you saw in your first event. Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll kind of see what comes out. Oh, of that could be good actually. <laughs> Cause I can provide you some perspective from a first time UFC, uh, uh, a UFC virgin. And uh, exactly. give, give you some newbie uh, insight into what took place. And you might go, wow, I never thought of that. I'll be like, yeah. I mean, I'm actually I- super intrigued. The fact that you've never watched a fight makes me hyped about this, actually. I'm excited. <laughs> well, I may have to get back at you in some way, shape, or form, which means uh, I don't know what I I don't know what I can do yet. I gotta think of something. Tennis is too easy. Like that's like that's not that's not a big deal. I don't know. I might have to watch yeah, you. Plus, I, 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 I might like have to I might have to make you watch like the nine ball championships on ESPN five or something like that and uh, come back. Uh, you know, because I'm big for those in the audience. Ooh, uh, know a me. little. I'm a, I'm a big pool player. Oh, I'm a big billy. Yeah, I'm a big pool player. Uh, Speaking of something that I would beat you at. Uh, no, you would not. No, that's not happening. Yeah, let's. Uh, no, we might have to settle that sometime. I don't think so. I don't think I, so. I, I watched you. I watched you play in the early days of uh, Zen Sports on on the app there. And, oh, uh, I'm better. I'm better than that. I'm better than that. And by the way, we were playing at some. <laughs> we were playing at some really shitty bar tables. Okay, if we if you and I go play, we will play on a nine foot table like that's level and isn't like tilted on the side and all that kind of stuff. We're not, we're not playing on crappy bar tables. But yes, that's the challenge. that hey, I, I, I'll, I'll watch a nine ball tournament, but I'll also beat you in nine ball. Now there, now there's no, 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 no. Well, you're in, you're in Tampa Bay. I'm in LA. We'll have to meet halfway, say, I don't know. New Orleans, in Miami. Austin. We'll meet halfway oh, in Miami. Yeah, well, I am going to go to Miami in a few weeks, but I wouldn't say that that's halfway. For me, it's halfway. For me, it's halfway. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> it's halfway because you're already going to be there. For so. me, it's halfway because I'll already be there. It's actually close to me. That's my, you know, it's my home, right? Uh, you're the yeah, one that's going to have to travel. You're going to, you're going to be, you're going to be the one that's going to have to travel. Because <laughs> I'll already be there. Okay, so I'm going to make, I'm going to make you watch Nine Ball. Then I'm going to make you play nine ball and then you're going to lose at nine ball. And then, well, I'll watch some UFC before that. Once I watch some UFC, then you got to watch play and I'm sure lose at nine ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what's going to be, man. Oh, 
Oh, all right. So okay, that's the plan. The HVAC is officially off in our office. It turns off at 10 p.m. Pacific time every day. It's turning into a not yet a sauna. It's only five minutes past 10, but it's starting to get a little toasty in here. So uh, so we're gonna so we're gonna wrap this up. We are gonna talk again. Uh, let's do it, I'd say a week from now after game five. Uh, because I want to be game five is on a Saturday night and I definitely want to go out after that. I'm not doing a podcast Saturday night. So um, we're going to do, we're going to do a podcast after game five for sure or, uh, on Sunday after five. And I'm pretty confident it will at a bare minimum be uh, the, it'll be a minimum three, two sons, but maybe three, two bucks if we're so fortunate enough, but no, nonetheless, there will be a game six. So we'll, we'll be able to do analysis after game five and a preview of game six that I'll be going to. Okay, that's perfect. Game six. I'm that, hyped. I, that, yeah, that's going to be exciting, man. Does that work for you? And in the meantime, in the meantime, go work on your nine ball game because you're going to need it. <laughs> hey, hey, you're, you're underestimating me already. You've already lost. Uh, no, I'm not worried about that. I got my own. I got my own game. I got my own game. I'm not worried about you. I'm just talking trash. <laughs> All right, buddy. Uh, have a great anyway, night. Yeah, that works. Yeah. Have a great, have a great night, Jess. It was good talking to you. Yeah. Talk to you in a week. Talk to you in a week, Mark. All right. See ya.